The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perra columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Today we're going to do something a bit different. Instead of catching up with a junior explorer, as is normally the case, we're going over to Perth to have a chat with Tony Lacantro. Tony is an investment manager with Perth-based Alto Capital, which is an independent investment and corporate advisory firm. Tony's specialty is in identifying high-growth investment opportunities in the resource, biotech and industrial sectors. Now, we've obviously got him in today to talk about the junior resources space. Now, Tony's a good-looking bloke who you no doubt would have seen talking away on the subject on various media platforms over the years. I'm sure it's going to be interesting stuff as Tony tends to call things as he sees them. He's also generally ahead of the curve. And as an example of that, I can remember Tony many, many years ago was the first to introduce me to a thing called Airbnb, would you believe? Now, with that, I'm going to say good day to Tony and welcome him to the podcast. Hi, Tony, and thanks for your time today. Absolute pleasure, Barry. That was an awesome introduction. <laughs> Here you go. Mate, um, can you give, I think it'd be great if you could give listeners a bit of a rundown on your background and perhaps how you rate your success or otherwise in the junior resources space over the years. Yeah, I actually come from a policing background in Sydney. I was an acting sergeant of police. So I mainly did a lot of plainclothes work and I also spent a lot of time around Bondi. So that was a pretty hard job to take. Yeah. But what happened was I ended up getting stationed at near Wynyard Railway Station and I learnt the stock market from walking to the stock exchange in Bond Street and talking to speculators and it was quite easy to talk to them because I was in a uh, blue uniform. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, what I did on night shift when I was working nights was have other police test me on share prices so they'd get the whole page. And then I just identified changes in behaviour and I've mm. always had an underdog attitude and my... Spotting stems from spotting Jonathan Thurston when I when he was playing for Newcastle, or the surfer Lisa Anderson, or Bill Shorten as a potential prime minister who just fell short, obviously. But that's my role. So in '98, I flew over to Perth. Um, how I got into the mining sector was I walked the block in West Perth and I interviewed twenty companies. Mm-hmm. And then I photocopied that, and that was my resume to get a broking job. All right. So, yeah, I, I walked into broking just as the dot-com dot com bubble was forming, and it was just crazy. I mm. ended up with 500 clients. Fortunes were won and lost, and I got to know what makes a good speculator. And this is in the days social media was just starting to form. Those days it was Merck Chat and Hot Copper in 1997, which 1998. So I've been through it. Mm. Um, in my career, I've my stock selection model, geez, it's improved out of sight. 
Um, my first major win, I backed Nick Mather into BMAX. All right. Uh, Mineral Sands group, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got a 24 cent cash bid from Aluka. Then there was this wonderful thing called the Rivkin Report. And I'd get into the work office and there'd be 300 bids there. And BMAX mm. actually peaked at 42. Right. So the other good thing I did, I called the end of the tech bubble two weeks before it happened. I got everyone out who listened. Uh, got lucky with Terry Allen from Herald Resources. They made a big zinc discovery in Indonesia. Did they ever? Yeah. yeah. So they ended up getting taken over for about 285. And I don't think that mine's even in production yet. Yeah, um, Indonesia is a strange place. Oh, it's, it is. And, I mean, it's it can be at times, you know, transparent corruption, mm. um, which, you know, part of life. But probably what led then uh, was I met a guy called Chris Bonwick. Um, oh. Yeah, Chris was, I actually went to his house in South Perth and he was forming independence gold at that time on his credit card. So I ended up raising, or with another couple of brokers, we ended up raising him $4 million. That was and, the initial float money? Yeah, it was the IGO float. And uh, Chris went to a barbecue and heard about a nickel mine for sale. I think he paid 15 mil for it. And I, I don't know if that thing's now paid about $350 million in tax yeah, alone. Yeah, the, uh, the long mine in uh, Kimbolder. Yeah, so Independence has obviously grown into a serious company from from there. And I remember the last day, last night of the IPO, I had a client who was a complete pain in the rear end. And I ended up just relenting and giving him 20 grands worth. And he managed to, when, he, when the stock was $10.52, he said, well, I'll think about selling on the weekend. And, of course, he rode it all the way back to $1.15 in, in the GFC. But that was my first first taste of IPOing a company, getting set personally at the bottom. I mean, the price I paid for my shares were ridiculous, but a divorce thereafter ensured that I didn't get to become wealthy. So I pretty much <laughs> lost it. Not once you pay yet. tax, when you pay tax and get divorced, um, and then I backed that up. We I actually floated Medusa Mining, um, yep. which I also proceeded. I didn't make as much as I should have. Um, you know, in those days, I had an old VP Commodore, which I put over on the train, and I actually had to scoop the water out of the boot with a bucket. <laughs> but look, since then, I've had a multitude of winners. I've put clients into some dogs. Um, you know, I, I guess what you need to learn is who is full of it in the industry and who isn't. Mm. I was just going to say on that point, being a, an ex-Sydney cop, you'd probably have a, a good radar for the spivs in the industry. Well, I was saying to people that uh, when I was in the police, I actually wrote to Adidas and got a heap of clothes, which we wore, but you could easily spot spot the cribs. Now mm. they wear bloody, you know, <laughs> Hugo Boss. Yeah. So are they not crooks? I mean, uh, sorry, I'll take that back. More colourful characters. Yeah, entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs, but I'm sure some of them have been charged with, mm. you know, white-collar crime. Um, I think there's a lot of delusional people in the industry. But, um, yeah, I actually, there's one thing I do. I managed to meet a guy called Joe Holdsworth who used to come into um, Patterson's in a beaten-up 
four-wheel drive you and he used to actually i've had directors of companies drive me home because i was the only one there so i really took a liking to joe and his company and that was remilius so we proceeded to buy about a quarter of the company mums and dads and one day 48 meters at 154 grams per ton gold which was a waddle dam discovery and this thing 50 bagged Mm. so I, I called that for some of my clients a life-destroying win because I just became as arrogant as all buggery. And a lot of those people that I made seven, almost seven-figure gains for just disappeared. But since then, I've honed my stock selection. Everything I look at has to have four to five hundred percent upside with the usual disclaimer that a lot of these stocks will halve. Mm. Okay. Uh, obviously... The trick in any sort of investment strategy is to make to make money as much as uh, not losing it. So, can I get you to talk first about how you look for money making opportunities in the junior resources space? Well, what I, what I've done uh, for a long time, I've been going to mining conferences, and mm-hmm. I've been lucky to get keynote roles. Um, last year, I managed to MC Kerry Stevens's Gold Conference. Mm-hmm. So that. You actually, when you go to a conference, I remember um, Noosa, I came away with a stock called Gold, Gold Road at five cents right. and Cleantech at five cents. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Cleantech guy said, we're a 10 bagger. Well, actually, I think it went almost 40 times at the peak. So yeah. I guess you've got to talk to management. You've got to look at their backgrounds. You need to look at the share structure and often... A top 20 shareholder list can tell you a lot about the stock. Mm. Um, and what I do in my role is get to know flippers, who's going to flip, who's genuinely holding the stock, uh, because there's not many genuine speculators that are going to hold something all the way through. So I think that Noosa conference was great. The one, you know, Royal Pines, um, even though the conference circuits obviously slowed up, but now the industry is dominated, dominated by these Zoom webinars and there's just a plethora of them now. Mm. Not quite uh, the same as face-to-face at a conference, is it? No, cer- certainly isn't. Mm. Uh, but you can, you can see a lot, of, a lot of the time a mining executive will stand up in front of a two, 300 people or if it's on the last session about those just waiting for the free drinks. But... <laughs> People focus too much on if someone is boring or not. Sometimes if you can find a boffin who is commercial, you're going to do well. And a lot of these people, there's great science in finding a mine. Speculators don't realise that one in 1,000 becomes a mine. So um, if the guy comes across or lady comes across as a, a bit of a bore, that doesn't necessarily mean that the company story is boring. No, definitely not. And I, I used to go to a lot of presentations. Uh, a lot of my companies like um, Integra Mining was one we backed in very well, Chris Cairns. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen all the Integra presentations over the years and then Chris into Stavely. So this, this guy has been associated with three major discoveries. And his presentations uh, are all pretty much all the same. Um, and 
a lot of it's technical. So yeah, very technical. Yeah. But people don't realise to find a porphyry system, um, you just don't you just don't uh, drill where someone urinates or guesses where the mine is. Mm. Um, you know, there's a lot more science to it, and science is about discovery. I mean, they're talking about gold now in leaves. So yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's. Uh have a look at what you're currently interested in out there in the junior resources space. Got any uh, stocks that you're following? Yeah, I do. Uh, I put up yesterday on Twitter, I put up my top 12 stocks for the year and I did, I took a baseline of taking 85% of the year high and I looked across that and we just came in under 90%, which Mm -hmm. is a pretty good baseline. Um, But at the moment, uh, one of my companies today had some really good uh, auger drill results called Dampier Gold. Yes. So yeah. they got up nice to yeah. Yeah, yeah, got up to five point one. Um, I, I raised their money at two point two cents. I must disclose that I hold that stock personally. Mm-hmm. Their their initial soil results and some rab drilling results are fantastic. Uh, I'm not saying this is going to be another Romilius, but they're the clues you need. Mm. I've also been buying Godolphin Resources, code is GRL. Uh, not related they, to the uh, horse stable? No? no, the disclaimer is there's actually a fault called Godolphin. It's actually a mm. geological fault. There you um, go. I know Melbourne Cup's coming up. Um, <laughs> we're excited, even if none of us can go. <laughs> oh well, we've, we're we're going out. Um, we've got it's to me. It's I said to my partner, it's my second favourite day of the year because our anniversary is first. All right. So, uh, but again, again, it's like reading a form guide. It's educated gambling, as I like to call it. So I'm buying yeah. Godolphin. They've got some great. Um, it's Ian Buckhorn, uh, who's oh, been yeah. around forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That stock looks extremely cheap. Uh, they've got over 400,000 ounces of gold and the enterprise value is probably only about $10, $10 million. Right. That's what yeah. you like to hear at stock in. Okay. Well, they've got no profile um, they, mm. and they're just starting. Once you have some news, that's when you go out and tell people about it. There's another stock which I have raised money for, uh, Alters Inc., so this yeah. is the Gorno project in northern Italy, which was mm-hmm. smashed up due to well, when Italy was at the forefront of COVID, this stock got beaten into the next postcode. Mm-hmm. But Garrett Harris is now running it. Uh, now Garrett was at the helm of Adriatic Resources, which has been a fifteen cent to two dollar fifty story. Mm. But he, he jumped off Adriatic around $1.20 and now he's looking at building a serious zinc company. Their drilling results today were fantastic. It's close to smelters in Europe and it, it, I believe it's going to be a high purity concentrate and he's looking to get this thing into production. The market couldn't care less. But the hard thing there, Barry, is the stock is 0.5 of a cent to 0.6. So... Wow. Okay. It's it's a difficult one, but obviously at some point they'll have a crunch. Yeah, um, I think it had a bit of a checkered history. So, but now what? New management, uh, new momentum there. Yeah, yeah, mo- mo- most definitely. So, 
that, that that's that's looking quite good. I have been heavily involved with a little company called Eagle Mountain Mining, mm. uh, which is Charlie Bass. They've uh, acquired a copper project in Arizona, which looks extremely good, and they hopefully that can become a serious copper contender because you only really have sandfire and Oz minerals in that space. Uh, very limited for choice in this market, particularly amongst the juniors for copper. Yeah, so that looks as though it's just a, a bit of a drill-out story. Um, the share price recently hit 48 and a half. Uh, I must disclose a lot of my clients are set around 10 to 13 cents, but mm -hmm. I still think that that's going to be a growth story. Uh, probably the best exploration risk-reward that I have is a company called Red Metal, uh, which I've backed for probably eight to ten years, mm -hmm. uh, which has a number of major projects. They're all powerball targets. The stock is supported by a lead silver project called Moronin, which contains 105 million ounces of silver. So whenever the silver price has a run, these will go for a, a bit of a dash. But that's the stock I like, limited downside multiple upside uh but you know we've seen with staveley and chalice which was the days of our livestock sat there 11 12 cents forever and straight mm. over three dollars when they drilled into Jurama. Mm. and i think what might have distracted some people from that was the md alex dorsch is only 33 years old so they might have been thinking well, who's this kid running this company well you know the joke's on them now yeah it got through a billion dollars on monday yeah, oh, what, what a fantastic story. And 70 kilometres from Perth, so there's no such thing as FIFO. <laughs> That's right. So any more on that list? I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to think uh, what, what stocks that I have still have the risk-reward. Obviously, I'm talking my own book, but I want to provide um, some examples where, where there's still uh, some decent upside. But um, while you're thinking about that, you yeah the the you, so your focus is very stock specific rather than commodity specific. Like uh, one of the themes out of diggers and dealers this week is that the lithium market might finally be turning. So if you read or see that or hear that, do you go out and look for a lithium stock, or do you is it really about the company, the people, the project rather than the commodity they're involved in? Well, yeah, lithium was a case in point, you know, uh, lithium, vanadium, high-purity alumina. These things went nuts. Yeah. And I actually, on the 14th of January 2018, I said it's all over. And the peak was a day later. You could yeah. just see that this was stupid. You know, there was people out there spruiking, social media was, was going nuts. Now, again, what you see in a bubble is very few survivors, very few get into production, speculators lose 80% of their money. So what I've done is rather than do all this analysis on a commodity, I mm. focus on the company. And it doesn't matter what you drill into, every mineral discovery is often rewarded and a lot of these stocks are going to overshoot. So I focus on the company, and if a discovery is good enough, it's going to make money in any price environment. Yeah. And I'm just uh, curious to know how dynamic is that list of stocks you're watching? Do you, do you 
double your money and get out, or do you take you know sell half and keep half? Uh, what's how do you uh, figure that out? What to do? Every every client's different. Um, mm-hmm. I did a did a little placement for a, a canine cancer company at two and a half cents, and they're trading at twenty seven. And uh, I, you know, some people won't sell. Mm-hmm. My my clients are guilty of not selling uh, mm-hmm. because I'm not. I don't like trading much. I think there's a saying in the industry that people get the broker they deserve. Yeah, and to me, my clients uh, have to be extracted out of stocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm trying to do is, I read a book called A Hundred Baggers, uh, which mm-hmm. a company sent me, and hopefully they turn into one. And it said, well, the biggest mistake people make is watching it and selling too early. So my view is I'm going to sell a portion of this company on my anniversary every day for the next five years uh, with that stock in the coffee can. So everyone's everyone's different. Uh, Everyone wants the trading halt, 100 metres at 3% copper discovery, but it's not that easy. Right. Okay. Well, there you go, folks. As I said, um, Tony's got some interesting uh, thoughts there on the junior resources space and a very interesting uh, shortlist he gave us there of uh, stocks to watch. So, Tony, I'm going to uh, thank you for your time today and hope to see you face-to-face at a conference before too soon. Look after yourself, man. Yep. Thanks a lot, Barry.